Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Cabragal clan of the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land we are meeting on today. We also pay our respects to the elders, both past and present and future of the Darug Nation. Hey friends, welcome to our podcast, A Seat at Our Table. Candid conversations about our Asian Australian experience in the creative industry. I'm Wendy. I'm Tracy. We We saved saved you a seat. seat. Come Come join join us. Hey friends, welcome to our very first episode of A Seat at Our Table. Hi everyone. We're currently at Tracy's house in her bedroom filming. (laughs) We've got pillows all around us to try and make it soundproof. Um, But Tracy, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm really, really excited. We've been talking about this for so long that I'm just really excited that we're finally recording an episode, getting it off the ground. Yeah. So some of you might know us really, really well. But for those who don't, maybe we should introduce ourselves. Tracy? Yeah, so I'm Tracy. I'm currently 25. Um, I'm from Sydney and I'm currently working in a digital advertising agency as an account manager. I'm Wendy. I'm 26. Um, I'm a design consultant at a service design consulting firm. And I also live in Sydney, Australia. Nice. So let's talk about our cultural background, where we grew up in Sydney, you know, where we came from. Sure. So I grew up in Southwest Sydney in Cabramatta. Um, I was born here and grew up here for all 26 years of my life. I am um, Chinese, Vietnamese, Australian. So I was born in Australia, but my parents are from Vietnam. But at home, we speak Cantonese. How about you, Tracy? Um, very similar to Wendy, actually. I'm also Chinese, Vietnamese, Australian. So grandparents came from China. They moved to Vietnam, had my parents, and then came to Australia, had me and my sisters. Um, I also was born in the Fairfield, Canterville, Caramatta area and have been living here all my life. Um, in terms of what we speak, we speak a Chinese dialect at home called Digil, but also a little bit of Vietnamese. So for this episode, we want to talk about what this podcast is and why it exists. So this was two plus years in the making. We just went back to (laughs) our Google Doc to look at when we first had this idea and started talking about it. And it was actually first created in January 2019, which was much further along than we thought it was. Yeah, we were having discussions beforehand as well. We just never really documented anything until January 2019. This has been a long time coming. I think our friends and family, our close ones, have been kind of asking us, where's the podcast (laughs) for the last two years? We did the classic millennial thing and had like a placeholder Instagram page for a while. Um, But what it really started out as was kind of a conversation between Tracy and myself talking about us wanting to open up the dialogue around our Asian Australian experience, specifically to try and find common ground with other people who might be sharing a very similar experience. And then in doing so, hopefully bring people together and really discussing topics within mainstream media. And we came up with a name two years ago called Something in Common. Some of you may have seen a really blank Instagram page, um, but this has since changed um, to a seat at our table, which is what you're listening to now. Tracy, do you want to tell us a little bit about, I guess, how it came to be? Yeah. So like Wendy said, we initially wanted to talk about our Asian Australian experience, which was quite broad. Um, but the more we talked, the more we kind of realized that the 
specific impact we want to create is within the industries we're in, the spaces that we're in. And for us, that is the creative industries. I think we are one of or two of a handful of people from our high school that actually embarked on a creative career post high school. Yeah. And it wasn't really something that was, I guess, um, emphasized in high school that this was a route that you yeah, could that's take. Right. As high school students, you don't really get even exposure to certain industries or careers. Like you kind of see teacher, engineer, mm. doctor, nurse. Um, that's kind of what we've been fed our whole lives. Yeah. But I think for us, we were fortunate enough to be exposed to industries like design or advertising or marketing in other aspects of our life, like mm-hmm. I know UTS design school. Yeah. Um, and that kind of opened us up to a new world that we never really had exposure to as young kids. And I think diversity and inclusion is a big issue uh, or topic in our industries. We don't really see a lot of people who look like us, sound like us from, you know, the same areas as we are. And that's something we're both quite passionate about. We want to bring that dialogue. And that's how we came up with the name A Seat at Our Table because in our industry, in business, um, you kind of hear the term A Seat at The Table thrown around a lot. And personally for me, I feel like that sounds quite intimidating. It sounds like, you know, there's this one exclusive table where you have to work your ass off and to try to get into this room and to have a seat at the table. But for us, we want to create a space that is quite inclusive and open for anyone. Anyone's welcome, which is why we wanted to call our podcast a seat at our table. Mm. There's not just one table that we as you know minority people have to work our way towards but you know we want to create a space where everyone's welcome there can be multiple tables um multiple people anyone can join Mm -hmm. and that's the conversation we want to start um yeah yeah and building on that I think the concept of a table is quite significant here it's not just the boardroom table and climbing the ladder Mm -hmm. which is obviously a lot of people's goals in in the industry that we're in but I think it's like thinking about, you know, the table that you sit in in the office, your individual table and the meeting rooms that you go into. It's making sure that we as a minority feel like we have a place regardless of what table we sit at, whether it's the table that you sit at for lunch as well. Um, we really wanted to highlight that we want to create a safe space for everyone everywhere. Yeah. And also on top of that, I think coming from Chinese backgrounds or Asian backgrounds, the dinner table has always been very important for our family. You know, I think dinner time eating culturally is very significant in Asian households. So that's kind of a nod to our heritage as well, because I feel like the dinner time is the time where all the family comes together. You know, Chinese New Year dinner is very important mm-hmm. for us. So this is kind of like us sitting around our dinner table, having conversations with our family and friends. Yeah. And it definitely creates space specifically for my family. Um, Dinner time is the one time that everyone is in the same place at the same time. And it's almost the time and place where you don't have your phone as a distraction as well. You're kind of forced to talk with your family about, you know, what has happened during your day, during your life and anything new that's coming up as well. And I think that's kind of the atmosphere that we want to create with our listeners as well and amongst each other as yeah. well. And I think having Asian parents, like when they have guests over, they always make them feel welcome. Like yes. when I come to your house, you know, I'm welcome to your dinners, you're welcome to my dinners. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of the culture we want to create. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
I think this is, it's very clear that this is a candid conversation in itself, you know, much like our strap line, we just want this to seem like you guys are a part of this conversation that we're having. Um, So often Tracy and I are always talking about this, whether we're traveling together or just having, you know, brunch together, we always end up kind of talking about something relating to this particular topic um, area. So I guess we really wanted to open the space up to include other people, but also we're still learning as well. We want to learn from other people. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to inspire other people as well. Um, So yeah, that's the whole premise of this podcast. And we're so grateful that you could join us and you're spending the time to listen to us. So the next thing we want to talk about is our friendship, um, how we came to be. <laughs> and yeah, so how do we meet? <laughs> well, Tracy and I have been friends for 13 years. We just counted before this, um, which is feels like a long time coming, but we have been through so much together. Yeah. And where it really started, well, my earliest memory was um, moving groups and Tracy was in this friendship group that I moved to, which was a big thing in high school. And I think we got close because we shared year eight math class together. Yeah. And then I think that's how we started to get to know each other and realize how similar we were in so many ways. I think I used to call you my twin. From another bit. From another bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, our, our lives and the trajectory that we went on, even just, like, the first job we had yeah. – to you know where we went like going on exchange and everything like that everything just seemed to fall in place and yeah I think that's why we get along so well because our lives are seemingly so aligned that it's kind of scary sometimes I remember meeting you I think I do remember this actually and then all your interests were my interests (laughs) yes I think really scary (laughs) like you know you would say things like oh me too like we had the same interests yeah um, and I think that's where it started. Like, we're very, very similar. Like, Wendy said, like, I feel like we are, like, soul sisters, right? Like, I feel like nobody really, like, is so similar to me as Wendy. But we're also very different as well. But, like, we have common ground. Yeah. And we just understand each other mm-hmm. and what we want in lives. And we've always been very passionate and pushing each other to chase our dreams. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you just touched on. I think friendship, to a certain degree, um, really also relies on being able to push each other but also challenge each other in terms of like your perspectives um and providing advice as well to one another and I think Tracy has always been that person for me where I know if I go to her for advice it's never going to be like oh yeah you're totally right you're 100% I agree with you it's more so um Tracy understands me to the point that she knows kind of what I'm going through and being able to ask those questions that I might not see up front. Yeah. I feel like we can be very open with each other and yeah. no bullshit. Like we're very similar, but we're not going to be each other's yes mans. Yes. Or yes women. We're sorry. Yes women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we did high school together basically since year eight. Like we had yeah. same subjects. We both did textiles and visual arts. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up getting well I got a job at our local Woolworths which is a supermarket for those who are not from Sydney if we have any international listeners <laughs> but um yeah we I got a job at Woolworths and then like three weeks later guess who else got a job at Woolworths? I had to follow her <laughs> Tracy Tracy got a job at Woolworths and so we were literally inseparable from like yeah school nine to three then after school 
like doing five hour shifts together. Weekends. <laughs> and weekends as Public well. holidays. We loved working. It was like our first job. Well, it was my second job, but it was kind of like my first job. Yeah. And yeah, we were branded like the dream team. At work. At work. And I think that's a testament to how much we like literally we were stuck at the hip. Yeah. Together. Exchange was also another really um, poignant time for our friendship. Yeah, so in 2017, Wendy went on a year exchange in France and I went on a half-year exchange to London um, and it felt like a really special time for our friendship and I think it really took our friendship to another level in the sense that it was our first time in Europe, full stop, um, being overseas, halfway across the world, um, no one we knew really except each other. So it felt like for me that those that year or that year on exchange was very formative for our adulthood. It was us um, learning to live separate, like um, independently and kind of figuring out what we wanted to do with our lives, our careers post-university. Mm. And I feel like that was where um, the inception of this podcast actually came to be. We had a lot of deep conversations, very big conversations about what our passions were, the impact we wanted to create in our industries and why we feel that representation of the Asian Australian experience was important. And yeah, I think the initial kind of um, talkings and thinking for this podcast came during that year on exchange. Yeah. I think if I remember what those conversations were like. We spent so much time or so much of our downtime in between travels just discussing what was really important to us um, post-exchange and what we wanted to do. I think when you're traveling the world and having all these new experiences, naturally you start thinking about what the future holds for you as well. And we talked a lot about creating impact with the job that we had and the degree that we had and really wanted to embark on a career that would allow us to have the creative freedom, but also create impact for people who may be in low socioeconomic statuses um, and also kind of bring to the forefront, like what our experiences are and how these have shaped us. Yeah. So I think that's a nice segue into maybe um, more detail into our careers so far and what industry we're in. So I work in the advertising industry. I've been there for about Three, three and a bit years now. Um, I'm currently at a digital creative agency called Orchard as an account manager there. So I think for me, this podcast is very important to me because I feel like in my industry, you don't see a lot of people who look like me, are from the same area, sounds like us. And like oftentimes I'm the only Asian in the team or in the meeting or in the room. So I think it's really important to, you know, voice our opinions about this matter and kind of shed a little bit more light and start the conversations about diversity and inclusion in the industry Mm. yeah and I think some people might think like sound like me what do you mean by that we all speak English we're all speaking the same language but actually I think um I've been told before that I don't like when someone met me for the first time when I started my job um just for context I first started out as a consultant at Deloitte Digital um, and I was there for about two years and I recently in the past couple of months moved to a smaller consulting agency called the Customer Experience Company and I do um, service design consulting 
And that sounds like a whole lot of buzzwords, but essentially I help clients um, create better customer experiences, whether that's for um, customers that are buying a product or a service or their employees. So um, going back to what I was saying before, I think when you go into the industry, when I first met um, one of my colleagues, he was like, you don't sound like you're from the area. You sound like you're from like the North. And I think, you know, this is a really maybe touchy subject for a lot of people, but I kind of just laughed it off because I was like, really? That's, (laughs) I've never heard someone say that to me before. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a shock that people make correlations in terms of like how Australian you sound to um, where you're from. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Tracy was touching on in terms of like, you know, you could walk into a room and you might not see people who look like you, um, but you already make assumptions of where they might be yeah. from, you know. And I think I've felt that at times where I've kind of sat in a room with people and realised, like, crap, I'm the only Asian in the room. Yeah. And I think when you have that realisation and you actually start to notice those things, it, you kind of just, like, spiral out and start thinking about 10 million other things like, oh my God, what if like people don't um, see me as being someone who's like quite senior or someone who doesn't yeah. believe in my abilities because of where I'm from or what I look like? And you just have like an existential crisis. Even things like having lunch at work and everyone brings their lunch. And I feel like I'm back at school, but you know, people talk about like you bring your lunch boxes and I bring like takeaway, like I take away like leftover dinner from the night before and yes. it's like rice with like meats and veggies and everyone's yeah. eating like, salads and like you know i don't know sandwiches and things like that i I always get comments on my food i feel a bit self-conscious actually where it's like oh what are you eating you know (laughs) or it's like does my lunch smell yeah like i don't know like i feel like they obviously don't have any ill intentions but i actually do feel quite self-conscious when i'm the only asian in my team like when you said you can really um spiral if you kind of you're hyper aware about your differences in a place where you don't really see people who are similar to you or have the same experiences as you as well. Yeah. And I think when you've got shared experiences and also diverse experiences, you also bring a perspective that is different to other people. And I guess that allows for innovation and new ideas as well. I've got a couple of stats here that I wanted to share. Um, Only 16% of people in advertising are culturally diverse. So that's like pretty telling. Like the people, like advertising is something you see, advertising marketing is something you see everywhere. Like the TV ads, the digital ads, social media, like you see it everywhere. And Australia is such a multicultural country, but the people behind those ads do not represent the people those ads are being served to. So I think that's quite, um, you know, like a stark contrast between what it should really be. Um, there's a stat here that I found quite interesting, like only like 24% of people working in agencies have been to Parramatta, but while 62% have been to a Italian restaurant in North Bondi, <laughs> which is pretty scary thinking That's about insane. it. Yeah, like yeah. the typical person you see in advertising, they tend to be, um, you know, mid-20s, male, Caucasian, and most likely lives in Bondi or Newtown. Mm. And that's a stat, like you can look it up. Um, so... I I think I've been lucky to have been in very um, female-dominated teams, and that's awesome, but culturally and maybe, what's the word, like where people are from in Sydney, 
economically, mm. um, there's not a lot of diversity there yet. Yeah. I was actually looking at stats myself around cultural diversity in the arts, media and creative sector, which both of our jobs sit within. And culturally and linguistically diverse Australians make up 39% of the population. But when organisations were um, asked about how many of those um, kind of leadership positions are represent culled people, it was over 51% of those organisations don't have any of that representation at the leadership level. And so, you know, if you think about what this means in the context of any organisation, there's no people being or the minorities not being represented at the level of like creative directors, senior executives, CEOs, um, board members. And if you really put this into perspective of, I guess, the message that we're trying to send, like that's a lot of boardroom tables in this particular sector that don't have a seat that represent anybody from the culturally and linguistically diverse population. Yeah. And they almost make up half of our population. So I think that's a really telling sign of why we need conversations like these, that the ones that we're having right now are so important. Um, and I think what's important to us is being able to take ourselves on a learning experience as well and opening up that conversation to allow for a two-way exchange of um, people to share their stories with us and vice versa, vice versa our experiences with others as well. Yeah, like we want to kind of um, create a more culturally diverse or space in the areas that we work in. But also on top of that, we do want to bring these perspectives to the communities we're part of because I think growing up or being in high school, we don't really hear too much about the creative industries that we're in. This podcast kind of is there to have multiple um impacts i guess yeah Yeah. well roles to play yeah roles to play in different um groups of people yeah so you know not just younger generations who are still trying to figure out what they want to do but also maybe perhaps our colleagues or people who know us personally who haven't really thought about um the struggles that we're facing day to day in our own industries and We just wanted to kind of bring those to light, bring those to the forefront to encourage people to talk about what is uncomfortable. We recognize that it is really uncomfortable talking about these things, but um, what we want to do is just to be able to create that space that allows for people to open up. Yeah, so I think this is kind of a taste of what's to come. Mm -hmm. We do want to do a deep dive into our experiences in the workplace, being Asian, being female. Um, We want to talk about finding confidence in the workplace when you might feel like an outsider. We want to bring on guests because we know our experiences um, are isolated. It's our personal experiences and a lot of other people have similar experiences or different experiences. And we do want to bring those perspectives to this podcast as well to create that two-way dialogue. Cool. Before we wrap up, um, to get to know us a little bit better, we have a few questions. So the first one is, Tracy, what's your Myers-Briggs personality? Um, so I'm an ESFJ, so that's the console. Um, so I actually, we did a little bit of, we dug up the personalities just to check. Um, 
And what the consult is, is people-focused people, I guess. So I think the priority is community, building relationships, um, friends, family. And I think that's, yeah, I think I, I relate to that. Like, I think people are my one of my big values. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that in you. Um, my one is ENFJ. So I am the protagonist. And in particular, protagonists love to help others so very similar to yours I think Tracy but they also have very strong ideas and values um and back up their perspective with creative energy apparently in order to achieve their goals so um I definitely think that speaks to who I am um the next question we have is what are we currently reading so Wendy and I are quite big readers where we have um a reading goal for the year. <laughs> what is yours? <laughs> um, mine's 25 books. Unfortunately, I'm behind schedule right now. I'm at 17 out of 25 and I've only recently got back on the bandwagon, but I'm currently reading a book that Tracy got me actually called The Mind and Body um, by the School of Life. And it really talks about different tactics and techniques that you can engage in to really connect the head and the heart. Um, mostly because as human beings, we really make decisions based on one or the other, but this book is all about bringing those together because they actually correlate more than we think. What about you, Trace? Um, so I'm currently reading a book called Minor Feelings. So it's a collection of essays about the Asian American experience, which is very relevant to what we're talking about today. So, you know, we might do a bring back of what I've learned there in Mm -hmm. a future episode. Um, in terms of my reading goal, it's, I've actually been reading a lot more than I thought I would this year. So my goal is currently 35 books, but I'm already at 33 books. So I think I'll probably push that a little bit higher. Um, yeah. And the last question is, if money wasn't a problem, what would you be doing? Hmm, the golden question. I think if money wasn't a problem, I'm really big on um, creating, I guess, really great experiences for people. That's a part of my job. And so I've always had this love of flowers and the kind of what it signifies for people and the the happy moments in in life that it it represents. So I think I would love to have like a florist, but also a concept store because I'm huge on, um, I guess, good design products and very appreciative of that. Yeah. I can definitely see Wendy as a florist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So similarly for me, I think, the people who know me, I always say that when I retire, I want to be a librarian. I think everybody knows that about me. But if money wasn't a problem, I would really do, I would open that bookstore. And for me, I wanted to make it a bookstore with a social conscious. So I'm very passionate about social impact and nonprofits. So I think that's something I would want to do in our local area. So those were three questions to get to know us better. We hope you enjoyed episode one. Have a look at our show notes for any references and also our socials as well. Yeah, connect with us on Instagram. We have an Instagram at aseatourtable.podcast. So slide into our DMs. Please let us know your thoughts, any stories you want to hear more about, or, you know, just introduce yourselves to us. And thank you so much for listening to us in this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye. Bye.